0: Hello and welcome to Standing on the North Bank, the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. I'm Dominic Booth, standing in as host for this special post-Liverpool beating podcast. (laughs) Uh, Chris Watham, Chief Football Writer, is joining me in the studio. Hello to you, Chris. Hello. And down the line, Andrew Gwillam from Swansea. Um, Both of you at the game last night, we'll get straight into talking about it.
1: What clicked, chaps? Um... It was not dissimilar to the performance against Spurs that was so encouraging, where it was almost for 30 minutes Swansea were happy to be in their own half, very compact, um, very organised, very disciplined, growing in confidence, asking questions of Liverpool that they had no answers to. A big difference, of course, against Tottenham, they conceded it from that dubious uh, Day goal. And the more sort of Liverpool were. Risking things And and they they never really Conjured up anything to Overly trouble Swansea And the more that happened And as it ticked to that sort of Almost a magic half hour map for Cavalio The more Swansea grew into the game The better their passing became The sharper it became Jordan Ayou Or uh, Jordini Or someone on Twitter uh, (laughs) Told me last night The player reborn He was a great outlet for them and um, you sense the tide was turning before they got their goal, and of course a goal changes a game. I know that's an old cliche, but it gave Swansea something to hang on to. They didn't have to be adventurous the second half. They could then just say, right, come on then, in, in, in Liverpool. In terms of what going back to your original question, what, is, what has clicked, what has changed? I think the clarity of what Cavaliel is asking them to do is obvious. Confidence is huge. I think the fans played a part in that as well. You know, It certainly wasn't... Although, you know, it was a restrained performance in terms of attack and ambition, Um, there was a sense of everyone behind the team. There wasn't the sort of groans of, of, you know, going sideways or backwards as they were sometimes in the first half uh, because it was part of a tactical ploy. It was that turning point we talked about before where, right, people realised now we're in a survival battle. This is a huge opportunity. This is a huge opponent, The odds are stacked against us. It was almost like that perfect formula, and um, and it produced obviously there was a bit of luck as well. You You need that hitting the post. They've not had an awful lot of it this season, Um, and the work rate alone deserved it. You know, yes, Fomenia hits the post, but what shouldn't go unnoticed is that what a superb block from Alfie Mawson on the line. Which I love the fact he celebrated that with more vigour than he did his own goal because it was that crucial think of how damning it would have been if they conceded then and the flatness and all of a sudden it becomes tougher now anyone from and i probably include Watford and down they're in trouble Oh well, yeah. And, and it's Swansea now with the momentum and the belief and you know think of uh, think of Southampton getting a point against Spurs Stoke yes they've got a win against Huddersfield uh, West Brom getting a result and all of a sudden because they've been working out those tables thinking Swansea aren't going to beat Liverpool and we're gonna beat X amount of points from them. All of a sudden Swansea win and they're thinking, God, they're only a couple of points behind us when well, yeah. case on goal difference. So it was absolutely huge, but it it's a foundation because they won't be able to play like that and win every game.
0: Well we'll we'll get on to the relegation picture and to transfers later. But Andrea, I just wanted to ask you about the team selection, because I have to admit, sat in my in my lounge with Sky Sports on last night. I thought what, what's happening here the two two wingers up front I know it's similar to how they played at Spurs but probably something that Clement didn't want to do earlier in the season and something that maybe would have been seen as a slightly defensive move but obviously it paid big dividends Yeah I
2: mean I, I think in terms of the formation I wasn't all really surprised by that because I mean, he has used to play with the back against Tottenham and he did it in the uh, replay against Wolves and you know, I think there's a um, to a degree of confidence and comfort for the players in using that system, because they did use it quite a bit. under Paul Clement, you know, I think the point about the two wingers, if you like, in Ayu and Dyer, is that I think Carvajal puts a particular emphasis on mobility in that final third. And I think that's one of the reasons we've probably not seen as much of Bony um, under Carvajal. You know, yes, he's been injured, but I think I think he's looking for something more than someone who can just hold the ball up and he wants someone who can run the channels and run it behind and you know in terms of Dyer and Ayur, with Abraham injured I and mean, I think that's something he looked at and thought he wanted to have that ability to strike quickly on the break probably knowing that they wouldn't have many opportunities to do so and you know I mean Chris touched on it there I mean I, I thought Jordan Ayew was um, absolutely outstanding you know he run himself into the ground for his team last night yeah, I mean no wonder he had to walk off the field because um you know, he was spent, you know, he was a he was a nuisance to Liverpool because he's he's got that ability to beat the man and he is, you know, one of the few players in that Swansea team who does have that ability to make something happen which they've lacked for much of the season. So, you know, in terms of the way they set up for last night, you know, it probably it probably worked about as well as Balba
0: could have hoped. Is that something we might see more often, either you can answer this? Is that something we might see more often from, from Carvey Houghton? One of the criticisms maybe aimed at Clement is he wasn't able to to adapt for different games and, for, mm. and to take on a more aggressive mind, mindset against teams you might be expected to beat. Can we, can we expect to see Karlahal chop and change a bit more?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's a fine balance because you need to get that clarity. We talked about so people are understanding their roles. But you also, as you say, you need to adapt for the different challenges, which is... Uh, more focus for Swansea because of the position that they're in. There is no wasted game now. There is no margin for error, no comfort blanket. Um, I want to see them not more attacking because they were senses of attacking and, and they showed it, but it's going to be very different when they have to play more front foot football. For example, the one off the top, uh, two off the top of my head is when they go to Huddersfield and Brighton further down the line. You know, there is no way in a million years they'd be able to. Use that same ploy, uh, even away from home, because uh, someone put it last night. There was a fantastic away performance from Swansea. Yeah, you know um, they're gonna you know, have to come up with answers of breaking sides down themselves. And you know that Carvajal, as you would have seen from from uh, Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship, prefers a four four two. We saw it at Watford. That was very encouraging the, the way he they used a lot of Sheffield
0: Wednesday. Yeah, and.
1: He? The way they committed more bodies into the box, of course, you know, what happens in January could have an impact. Um, but I'm not going to say the jury's out because this isn't about judging a manager. Um, he is the manager. This is about Swansea picking up points. But they're going to have to have more tricks up their sleeve. And I think they do. And I think it's, it's almost perfecting those other ways of, of playing on that front foot uh, that will decide Swansea's fate. What I what I would add to that it is much easier or far easier to do that when you're confident and you have points behind you and you've picked up uh, seven points from Carvajal's four league games in charge which is as much as the 12 prior to his appointment. Uh, he has an aggressive positivity which I think is flowing through the squad I think it's flowing through more fans I, I still think fans uh, may, may think this is going to be a very tall order and probably think that they're going to be watching Championship Football next season but with every passing week there's that extra bit of hope and with every bit of hope there's more belief and encouragement and it all feeds to each other you know momentum is so big in football and, and if they can grasp the momentum at this point um, then it, it, it could be absolutely massive for Swansea
0: Someone asked me today who which three teams I think are going to be relegated from the Premier League and I couldn't say it in August. I couldn't say it in October. I still can't say mm. now. That's how ridiculous it is. But Andrew, Chris mentioned transfers, so we might as well get on to transfers. Does that give us presuming they get someone in and we have we've been waiting and waiting and nothing's happened yet, but presuming someone does come in, does that just some give Carl another trick up his sleeve, as Chris Chris mentioned? It gives
2: In the football club and supports the football club, a huge lift going into that game at Arsenal next week. You know, you think how you know Chris touched on the atmosphere last night. You know, it was a sensational atmosphere down there. You know, great jubilation at the final whistle. You know, wouldn't it be great if there are one or two new faces in that squad or in that team when they line up against Arsenal next? um, You know, next Tuesday, and it, it just feeds into that bit of confidence, that belief. Momentum, as Chris said, you know I think you know if if they could bring a couple in before Arsenal, it's almost the perfect time to do it, isn't it? You know, I'm sure they'd rather have people in earlier in the window, but you know it would obviously be a case of striking while the iron's hot. You know, they have just got a, a bit of a fair wind behind them in terms of you know they're on a bit of an upward trend. Teams above them, you know, I think a lot of them would have been starting to look at Swansea and going well. They're probably going to go, and now it's who fills the other two relegation places. You know, instead, all of a sudden, all three slots are in play, and there's teams from tenth, maybe ninth down, looking a bit nervously over their shoulders in the coming weeks. So, you know, I still think they're going to have to bring people in. You know, as great a result and uh, you know as great the tenacity in the application was last night, it still remains at you know the bottom of the table for a reason. No reason for anyone to think that they could still they could be fine without addition. They are going to need quality additions, particularly in the attacking uh, part of the field. But if they can do it within the next week, going into that Arsenal game, you know, it, it would just feed in a little bit of positivity that, let's face it, Swansea fans haven't been able to really feel or share in at uh, many stages of
0: this season. Is there a sense that the Liverpool win that then maybe papers over the cracks? A touch in terms of transfers? Chris? I, well,
1: it shouldn't. And anyone who starts thinking that Swansea needs the head red. Um, they need players in. They don't need a whole raft of them. And I agree, in as much that they're looking for high calibre, quality players to really make a difference. Sea um, Yeah, they're going for <laughs> sea bass. I, I'm not even a fan of, of seafood, but um, <laughs> uh, it's probably doing a roaring trade in Swansea market right now. Um, they need, you know, it's encouraging who they're looking for. I hope, upon hope, that they're not on a bit of a wild goose chase and, and wasting their time and going for something that's beyond them. The Liverpool game shouldn't change any uh, anything in the strategy. What it might change is the fact that such players. And Carver, uh, uh hinted towards this last night. He said, when you go in for that type the players, it makes negotiations tough, especially with the position that the club in. That win will have not only, you know, enticed people because all oh, right okay there's you know, perhaps something's happening there, but it brings everyone else into it thinking well I've got a chance,
0: bit more <coughs> belief for everyone. Yeah, really, and you,
1: you actually you know some, for some players there might be the sense of well I've got a chance of, of being part of something. I'm not going to a mid-table team. I'm I'm fighting for something. And of course they're still in the FA Cup with a great chance of of making the fifth round. So there's that carrot. But you know, they're going to have to. Not only spend, but spend wisely, because that has been Swansea's major failing. Is that they haven't re-recruited well. Selling is part of the game when you're a club the size of Swansea's. Um, Gaitan, you know, it's off, been off and on, as Andrew's been reporting. Um, that would be a good addition, especially and can play out wide and that attacking midfield role that everyone. It's clear to everyone that's what they need.
0: And if they get an attacking midfielder, that then gives, like we said. Extra trick up your sleeve. You can play a four-two-three-one. Yeah. You can play a diamond with a genuine number ten. It gives you more options than they've had before, where they've had to go. Well, we haven't really got a number ten. Yeah,
1: exactly. And and it does um, does give him that greater flexibility and greater avenues to to attack sides and find solutions to the problems that that are going to come out their way in the next fourteen games. Um, it was interesting to have the information that um, Kaplan and Naveen are. You know, willing to put in, or be said to be putting in more money. How that comes about, whether it's uh, their own cash or whether that's, you know, juggling the budget and accelerating transfer funds, and they're guaranteeing that those payments or that that debt. It remains to be seen. Uh, it's the first time really we've heard of something like that coming coming from their end. So that's positive. The, the sort of caveat was that if it helps get certain signs over the line. Um, uh, the proof of the pudding will be an eating on every sense in terms of what they spend who they spend it on and whether they are good enough to um, to do the business for Swansea
0: well you've got to hope so but one, one position I don't know if you can enlighten us on this one Andrew I, I'm astounded that Swansea haven't at least got a full back through the door mm. um, this month I know Ryan Fredericks has been has been mentioned and uh, Andy Iden for Barnsley as well can you shed any any light on on that particular avenue of transfer exploration, Andrew? Yeah, I
2: think it comes down to the fact that the need for attacking reinforcements is is greater. Um, you know, I know Swansea are short of full-back cover, and that's uh, not been in doubt since the summer. But a far greater concern has been the lack of creativity and the lack of goals in that side you know off the top of my head I think that Mawson's goal last night was only their 15 in 24 Premier League games you know and quite clearly you're not going to give yourself the best chance of staying up if you can't score goals and you can't create goals and you can't win games so I think it comes down to the fact that that's the priority is getting in players who can help that side become far more potent in the final third and I think once those are done then for the full back issue would be addressed. You know, I think that's kind of off the backbone. You know, they've got targets they are looking at, you know, as you rightly said there, Dorbright Fredericks and Fuller, you know, is one they're looking at, you know, I think they're still interested in Opara, uh, who's at Augsburg in Germany. Uh, but he's gone a bit quiet on Yad. I mean, I mean from what I can gather I think Carvajal has indicated that he's, he's not all that keen on bringing him in from Barnsley. I think working on the basis that as far as he's concerned he doesn't believe that he's any he's any better than what Swans he has got and uh, as he has said repeatedly since he, since he came in, you know, he's only interested in players that are offering him something different or better than what he already has at his disposal. I mean, he doesn't want thrones of players, you know, backing up so he's just playing the same type of person in any different role every week. So, uh, you know, it just comes down to that, you know, the, the greater priority and where the majority of Swansea's resources will be put if they if they get some deals done. You know, the majority of any transfer play is gonna be on players in the final third and so that's what they've gotta get
1: sorted before they then see where they are over full back cover. And
0: what can what can fans realistically expect, do you think, Andrew, from the from the less we're talking on the twenty third now. The window obviously shuts on January the thirty first. Can Swansea fans expect one player, two players? What do you think? Well,
2: they've they've said all the... (coughs) Excuse me, they've said all that they look at two attacking players and full-back cover, and I still think that... Still a weak lend I still think that's realistic. I think Chris made the point, and he's absolutely correct, is that it comes down to can they actually land some of these high-caliber targets they're looking at? Because, you know, when the window shuts next, uh, Wednesday night, I think it is. The only names people are going to care about are the ones who will be picked with a Swansea shirt outside Fairwood and who Carlos Carvajal has got at his disposal at least until the end of the season. You know, you know, we can get excited about Kate Tan, I'm sure he would be a good acquisition. You know, maybe Audrey, are you coming back? But when the window closes, it's not the names of the players that you've been linked to that you haven't landed that matter. It'll be the players that you've actually managed to get through the door um, so you know it's it's not so much just about getting them it's it's about getting that quality and that's the difficult situation Swansea are in because they're in a you know they're in the tough spot a lot of players would look at it and think I don't want to be playing championship football next season and you know negotiations around if they go down you know what's the release clause for that player how much would his wages drop at this stage you know these are all one of to one or two of many considerations that will be part of discussions, just because, you know, Swansea, even with the win last night, the majority of people would consider them destined for the second tier. But I still think they've got time, they've known for an awfully long time that this month was going to be pivotal to their season. I would still expect at least two attacking players through the door, and hopefully that will be a full-back cover as well.
0: Well, it's heartening to hear you say that, Andrew, and I'm sure for the Swansea fans as well it sounds like if they're going to get the sea bass they might have to do a touch more wading through the deep sea but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what Carver Hal can get in through the door and obviously there's that Notts County game uh, in the FA Cup at the weekend and and finally just on that is that simply a case of maintaining this morale maintaining the momentum gained from beating Liverpool uh, yeah I think so you know,
2: I, I know the cup's not the priority clearly um, although as nice as it would be for Swansea to have a good run in it because it's the one thing they've never really managed to accomplish while they've been in the Premier League but for the first time this season you know, this is Swansea's, by my reckoning, this is Swansea's best sequence of results in all competitions at any time this season so there's finally some momentum there's finally some reason a bit of positivity and a bit of belief and you know, look, at, you know, North county companies went well in League 2 you know, on their own patch, you know they fancy having a real crack at Swansea and trying, you know trying kind to of see if they can cause a great upset. But you know, Swansea should be good enough to go there and get a result. And then you know you're going into that huge game against Arsenal with that winning run still going behind you, and it just it just all feeds into that bit of belief that they're going to need over the next 14 games in the Premier
0: League. We shall see. We shall see. Well, thanks, Andrew and Chris both for joining me today. Remember you can get all your Swansea City news on Wales online. You can subscribe to the Standing on the North Bank podcast on iTunes and of course keep up to date with all that transfer news on our daily live blog from now until that late deadline on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us and we'll be back for another episode of the podcast very soon.